The Kings fall to the Mavericks 119-123. And if this is a regular season game that doesn't even really matter, I don't know how I'm going to survive in the playoffs because that had me so stressed. And uh, and the reason it really had me stressed was just because of how horrible the officiating was. You know, if the I mean, the Kings making dumb plays gets me stressed, but I think the thing that stresses me out the most is when the officials just decide the game like this one, and so it's not even about the Kings playing badly, because the Kings didn't play super badly in this game. There are obviously things that they could have done better, and I'll get into that, but I just, I mean, the officiating was was just the double standard was crazy. How you could let Luca just berate you the entire game, and then Kevin Herter gets punched in the face and complains about it once to you, and he gets a tech. I mean, that's insane. Just letting a guy get punched in the face right in front of you and calling it an offensive foul is crazy. De'Aaron Fox getting slapped across the arms and then them calling it a double dribble is crazy. Trey Lyles getting fouled three times inside and them not calling a single thing is crazy. Kyrie Irving traveling clearly as he posted and getting away with it, and then they call a travel on Sabonis on the other end. I mean, it was just uh, the double standard in this game was horrible. So that's all I'm going to say about the refs because it's just going to make me more stressed if I keep talking about it. <laughs> Kyrie Irving obviously went insane in the fourth quarter. Couldn't miss. I think he missed one three, and uh, that was it. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, it's just impressive that the Kings were able to stay close with the officials against them and Kyrie going crazy and the Kings were in it the entire time. Uh, the Kings offense just was not good in the second half and a lot of it just had to do with the ball sticking. Way too much dribbling. I thought Kevin Herter was the main culprit of that. Just way too much dribbling. I thought Fox didn't do enough dribbling and uh, getting inside I thought he could have attacked the rim more rather than settling but uh you know, he was getting to some mid-range shots, which is fine, but I thought he could have gone even further and gotten into the paint more. Or, well, he was in the paint for the middies, but I mean right at the rim into the restricted area. And then it was just uh, so much dribbling, and that's just not what this team is about, you know? I, I don't know why Kevin Herter was dribbling so much, but, you know, he had the moments where he would catch the ball on the perimeter, someone would come flying out at him because he's such a good three-point shooter, he would get by them and then go to like the little midi floater that he's adept at. And he did that a few times. And like, that's great when you just let the offense come to you where you see them flying at you, you take a few dribbles inside and put it in. But then it's like he made a few of those and got confident in that. And then was like, I'm going to try to create even more in the mid-range. And it just was not working. And it led to a lot of fourth quarter turnovers or just bad shots. The Kings played uh, well in the second quarter, especially had 44 points. And, you know, it was after a, a first quarter where they started really well and then kind of got complacent shooting threes. But uh, overall, it was it was a fine first quarter. And they were just missing some some shots that they would normally make. And, and then in the second quarter, they went crazy, and it, and it had a lot to do with just running everything around Sabonis, like we you know, always do, but uh, the cutting was, was extremely good, 
in that second quarter, and Sabonis was finding everyone. He had 11 assists. He had the triple-double, 19, 11, and 11 in this game. And then Keegan Murray had like 11 points in the spam, two minutes at one point, because he knocked down two threes after starting 0 for 4, then uh, was able to... Sabonis attracted all the attention inside. Keegan Murray cut baseline and got Kyrie Irving on him. Sabonis behind the back pass. And then Keegan was able to put Kyrie in the post and finish an and one. And I just want to see more of that from Keegan because we know from college that he's capable of playing in the post. And I think he can take advantage of mismatches, especially when Sabonis is attracting all the attention inside. Keegan can get inside and, and post up and get te- deep positioning because of his three-point shooting prowess. He can get the seals inside and and score like that. And, you know, we've seen him do it a little this season, but I think he can do a lot more. And I think it's just the beginning of us seeing what he can do. And then he was able to get another uh, layup in there at one point. So a big second quarter from him, a big two-minute stretch, but then he didn't score the rest of the game. And a lot of that had to do with the Kings just changing their offense in the second half. And it was not as fast-paced, and it was just not as much movement as there there normally was, as there was in the first half. The Mavs couldn't miss in the third quarter from deep, and they couldn't really miss in the second half as a whole. And they were making some pretty tough shots. So it really wasn't about the Kings defense. But then there were just a few times where it's just these mental lapses of Kyrie's on fire. And you just leave him open in transition. Christian Wood's on fire. You leave him open off a pick and pop. And uh, well, you know, he'd made like two in a row, I think. You know, I don't know. That's not on fire. But he made two threes in a row. You want to get out to him. Just things like that. A lot of it in transition. But I didn't think the defense was terrible. And I felt like throughout so much of the game, the Kings were so close to defending Luka well. Like, they were so close. And what I mean by that is they would initially send a double at him when he would get inside. And then it would seem like they would they were going to be successful at getting it out of his hands. And either they would get it out of his hands, but then they would fly by uh, a pump fake on the three-point line, and then whoever, you know, pump faked would drive and and create from there, and we would get scored on. Or the double team would leave Luka, and he would be able to get the one-on-one and and draw a foul. And so it just felt like there were so many moments where it was just so close to playing good defense. And those are the types of things that are encouraging about the Kings. Defense is like, you can see it's there. Like, they're not horrible defensively. It's just they're not quite there yet. And from a physical standpoint, they they don't have the physical attributes to make up for not playing really good, like, mental defense, like making the right decisions. If they're not making the right decisions, they don't have the right personnel. They don't have a Rudy Gobert in there to make up for it, right? You can't get blown by. You can't leave, you know, Herder on Kyrie so he gets blown by because you don't have a a Rudy Gobert, a Walker Kessler inside to just clean it up. For the Kings, there's always a, a 
limitation just from a personnel standpoint for them defensively. But I do think they have the ability to be a solid defensive team, like, you know, above average, you know, not just like slightly above average. And that's really all they need to be. I mean, very, very good, like top of the league type of good, like maybe not top tier like Bucks tier, but like the tier below that, if they could just be able to make slightly better decisions for 48 minutes in a game rather than for a quarter or part of a quarter, part of a few quarters, right? I thought Sabonis had a really good game like I was talking about. I mean, everything was off of him and his passing was really good. And I just think the problem was in the fourth quarter, the ball just was not moving as much. And also the Kings were not pushing the pace as much as they normally do. You know, there are times where Kyrie would make a crazy three and then Monk was just kind of like walking the ball out of bounds. And like, that's not what we do, right? Normally the, the ball goes through the hoop. Someone is sprinting at the ball, running out of bounds, throwing it into whoever and everyone's running to try to create a mismatch or, you know, create some sort of shift in the defense early that they can take advantage of before the defense is totally set. Monk had a rough game finishing inside. I mean, he wasn't really getting any calls when he was going to the rim, but it it was a rough game for him in terms of uh, scoring. And he took, he was five for 15, just not really making the best decisions inside a lot of jumping at the rim, you know, he could have definitely gotten more calls, but also he was jumping at the rim and trying to finish in, in instances where maybe that wasn't the best decision. Trey Lyles finally knocked down a few threes. So that's good to see after starting over two in this game from three, he then knocked down two. also contributed on the boards. There were, there was a lot of offensive rebounds. From both teams in this game, Trey Lyles had three. The Kings overall had 22, and Alex Len had six of those. Six of his eight rebounds were offensive, and I think a lot of them came within like two possessions where he just kept batting it to himself. I don't know, you know, it's always hard to tell like what's going to count as a rebound when you're kind of just bobbling it to yourself near the rim. The Mavs actually only ended up with seven, which is not what I thought actually because they got a lot of those early on. But yeah, the Kings did do a good job on the boards. And I thought overall, like this was a solid game from the Kings. The Mavs made some pretty crazy shots. And I thought Fox did a good job of attacking the whole game. Still, there's always going to be the three-point shots that I hate, especially after Kyrie makes a step back three and then Fox tries to answer. And it's like, that's not your game. Like, that's Kyrie's game. That's not your game. You don't have to answer with a three. But uh, other than that, I thought he was pretty good at attacking the rim, and it just wasn't quite there for him. I mean, like I said, he was settling for the midi a a bit, and I thought he could have gone in and, and tried to finish at the rim more and really attack because, you know, the Mavericks don't have the best rim protectors in there. And so I I thought he was stopping short a little too much, and he ended up going 10 for 26. But he wasn't bad. Like, he was still solid offensively. 
and had 28 points. And I think if like the refs hadn't shifted the game in the fourth quarter, he would have gotten even more opportunities in the fourth. But it just kind of didn't happen because of how many possessions were dumb offensive fouls or double dribble calls or whatever. And so it wasn't quite there. But the, the Mavs actually... I don't know what Luka was doing at the end of this game. The Mavs were up, what, like seven? And Luka takes a shot with 11, point, 11 seconds on the shot clock when there's like 38 seconds left in the game or something. Terrible shot, right? You just hold the ball there and the game's over. Instead, he shot it. So stupid. And then on the other end, Fox goes inside and Luka fouls him. Like, all you have to do is not foul there. And then he turned it over. I don't know if it was his turnover, but he definitely didn't help in 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 that turnover. So the Kings actually had a shot, but Davion missed that corner three. I thought he was going to make it because Davion had been shooting well up to that point. He's been really good at knocking down his threes in uh, since the All-Star break. And he went two for five in this one. And he had one play where he was just so patient in the pick and roll with Sabonis and then was able to feed Sabonis for the easy bucket inside. And it's like, when he did that, I was like, that is what we want to see that playmaking Davy on that patience. And so it's good to see, like, it's good to see one play of that, but it's like, I want more of that. But still, if he can be, you know, just a, a reliable catch and shoot guy. And then occasionally, do that kind of playmaking, then that's enough from him with his defensive, obviously, what he adds on the defensive side. He did an admirable job on Kyrie. Wasn't really enough, but uh, he did, and then he was guarding Luka a few times and actually forced some misses there. Harrison Barnes still can't hit a three, just like Sabonis can't hit a free throw. Like, we... We need one of those to, well, I said, like, we need one of Barnes or Lyles to be able to hit threes. Lyles was hitting threes. Now it's, we need Barnes either to hit some threes or Sabonis to hit his free throws. Because right now, neither can can do that. And uh, Barnes contributed in other ways, scoring inside, and he was defending Luka for a lot of the game. But, man, he just can't hit the three right now, and, and hopefully that... Uh, ability returns come playoff time because we need it and his his three-point shooting is extremely extremely important to this team because when you have Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter are both 40 plus percent from three you have Fox and Sabonis drawing so much attention they're gonna leave Barnes and so if he can knock down those threes at you know a a 38 percent clip then that's all we need really I mentioned it uh, earlier, but Alex Len with the eight rebounds, six offensive rebounds. And again, it was just another game where it's just nice to see a big guy inside. He doesn't have good hands. You know, he had a turnover. He's bobbling the ball around, but it's, it's better than not getting the ball at all. Right. It's like either the Mavericks, we put in Metu and the Mavericks just grab the rebound or we put in Len and he has a chance to like a 50-50 chance if he touches the ball of actually grabbing it or just bobbling it and dropping it to the Mavs. And I'll, I'll take those chances. Definitely not a, a finesse player 
but uh, we don't need him to be. And so it's it's good to, to have that presence, like I've talked about before. Kessler Edwards, he needs to knock down a three. He hasn't knocked down a three in a long time, and, and obviously he's really important defensively, but he needs to be able to hit threes at some point. Like, uh, you know, early on in his Kings career, he was knocking him down at a pretty good rate. He's gone cold, and uh, so hopefully at some point that comes back around a little bit because we need him out there to guard guys like Luka. One thing for the Mavericks that I got to mention is just Christian Wood. I don't know, what's he, what is he doing out there? I He's such a confusing player. Like I feel like he's gone away from what's actually made him good, and I, I don't know, he looked horrible in this game. And he was just chucking up threes. He actually ended up making three of seven. But still, why is he just sitting on the perimeter taking threes as a big man? They were playing double center lineups with him at the four, which I guess he can play the four. But then whenever he would attack, he would just he was just show, throwing up some random shot that was horribly off balance, not even close. I, so just a really rough game from Christian Wood. And that was just one thing that I just noticed throughout the whole game. 25 minutes from him, 25 minutes of horrible basketball. The Mavericks were a team that were desperate for a win to keep their their playing chances alive, and it showed with the minutes that Kyrie played, 43, Luka, 39. And you look at, you know, the Kings side, and it's Sabonis at 35, Fox at 32. So, obviously, Mavericks were desperate in this one, and... It was a game that probably didn't matter for the Kings, but it really doesn't matter for me if it matters. Like, like in the moment, it's just so stressful watching a game like this. Not even necessarily if the Kings win or lose, but like I said before, I just, when the refereeing is bad, I just get so stressed. Another weird, I, I just forgot, I just remembered this play. Just another weird thing from the refs was this was early on before, you know, it started becoming apparent what, what was going on. And it was Trey Lyles, you know, jumps out of bounds to save the ball, just throws it off JaVale McGee. You know, you're like, all right, we're going to get the ball. They called the jump ball. JaVale McGee is standing out of bounds. Trey Lyles throws it off him. And they called a jump ball. What was that? I just, I don't understand what was going through the ref, ref's head there. That was so weird. Anyways, the Kings' next game is against Golden State at home. The The dream for the two-seed is, I mean, Memphis lost, so it's still mathematically possible if we win both uh, both, both games left in the season and the, the Grizzlies lose both. It would have been, obviously, a lot uh, more exciting if we had won against uh, San Antonio there, or in this one, obviously, or both, but... Uh, I, I think uh, it's it's not happening now, which is why it's crazy that the tickets for the Golden State game are going for like two hundred eighty bucks right now just to get in. I don't understand that. Why are people going to this game? I get it's the last game before the playoffs at home, and it, you know it's Golden State. I get that, but I don't. It's a game that like barely matters. I mean, it matters to the Warriors, but it doesn't really matter to us. I don't get that. Why are you spending so much money? 
Andrew Wiggins for the Warriors is coming back or yeah, he's coming back. I don't think he's come back yet. I don't, he won't be playing in this game against the Kings. That has Steve Kerr said that the Warriors are obviously a possible matchup for us in the first round. And uh, well, with Wiggins coming back, that team becomes a lot tougher. You know, with I think with Wiggins out, I would have of the teams that are you know have a possibility of of playing us in the first round. With Wiggins out, I would choose the Warriors. With Wiggins in, I think they're my last choice for us to play. I mean, with Wiggins in, I think they could win the title. Uh, they're not favorites or anything, but uh, he's extremely important to their team in so many ways. So they will be very happy to have him back. Anyways, that is it for this episode of The Roll Report. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore The Roll Report, and I will see you guys next time to recap that game against the Warriors. Peace.